Hi, and welcome to That International Life, stories from around the world, but mostly from Poland. Today, we have a special guest. Some of you have heard about uh, through various stories, but uh, Dharma. Yay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All the way from France. But you're not in France now. You're in Poland. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great. It's great uh, because I've been doing a lot of interviews via Skype and FaceTime, and today I have someone actually... Uh, with me, so it makes it um, a lot more fun. So thanks for being with us today. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, we're doing a series, or I'm doing, I guess we, I like to talk about myself, I guess, if I'm a we. Yeah, there's yeah. more than just one of you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, um, we, the firm, the firm of Rachel, or the, <laughs> the company of Rachel Irvine, um, are, well, I've been working on a kind of a series about moving, mm. and um, I thought of you because it seems like you've moved quite a lot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. You're just moving. Um, but uh, I guess we can start uh, when, I guess, where you first, where you grew up. Where did you grow up? Um, <clears throat> well, um, I I guess I was born. Should we start from there? Let's start from the very yeah, beginning. Yeah, let's just go from there. Yeah. Um, I was born in uh, Italy, in Rome. Um, and my mom, she was, she was an, uh, she was an immigrant. She was from, um, Poland. So, um, we only hung out there for a couple of years and then she got sent. Yeah. We just, just hung, hung out. out in Rome. <laughs> we were like, yeah, <laughs> we're just chilling. The I was a good. baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then she got, um, her papers and, uh, and she went to Canada with me. And so when I was two years old, I moved to Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I grew up, my whole life was pretty much, um, in Vancouver, in BC. Well, I started off in Toronto and then we moved as usual. Ah, yes. (laughs) Always moving. But yeah, so I grew up in, um, I grew up in Canada. Um, but I was, I, I, um, got to go to Poland every other year pretty much. And that was just with your mom or who did you go to Poland with? No, the first time I went by myself. I was four years old. My mom put me on a plane. She said, good luck. Man, that's pretty brave. No, I'm j- joking. She was crying. I okay. was really happy, though. <laughs> Girl, this is it. My time to travel. Yeah, pretty much. And um, so that was the first time I ended up going to Poland. I was four years old. I stayed six months with my grandparents. Um, when you were four? Yeah. Wow. My mom, my grandparents convinced her it was a good idea. <laughs> she was like, I don't know. And they were like, no, it's, and it was actually one of the best things that happened to me in my life. Um, I have really um, great memories and I, I feel like that kind of set, you know, the foundations of not being afraid of, to travel, you know? Except for you are afla- afraid to fly, Yeah, right? but that happened later. Okay. Yeah. I turned 18 and I was like, I might die. You know, play. It was when you got to be an adult and started yeah. thinking like an adult. Exactly. Before then, I was like, this is great. <laughs> I can go anywhere I want. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So, you went every... How often did, then did you go to Poland? Well, it was pretty much um, when my mom got to save enough money. So, it took her about a year or two. And she got, you know, enough for a ticket mm-hmm. and a bit for, you know, Poland. And so, yeah, it was every two years, sometimes three. But, yeah. Oh, that's and, pretty crazy. Yeah, um, it was good because I got to kind of keep my langu- my mom's um, uh, mother tongue, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Your um, Polish has helped me <laughs> greatly. <laughs> well, it was actually my first language I learned, and then I learned English. Uh-huh. So it was, uh, yeah. And uh, that's why, yeah, it's always been hard for me. Like English, I can speak it, but writing, it's just like, why? You know, <laughs> Polish is pretty basic. Yeah. You know, so Yeah, for sure. 
<laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so that, and your mom was Polish. Yep. And your dad? He's um, Italian Albanian. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, ah. it's a bit of a fiery mix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so was he in Canada then? No, he, um, he never went to Canada. Uh, my parents divorced. So m- like pretty much after my mom left, they decided not to keep going. Mm-hmm with it so yeah he ended I, I, that's another thing i did visit him um in germany mm-hmm. when i was like quite small I, I went for the first time when i was eight years old to germany and then i would go um every time i went to poland i went to germany as well to visit him oh okay so, so you did you I did, did a see bit him. Of, yeah i did a bit of both man you're a world traveler at four <laughs> well it was later <laughs> or, on but yeah okay that's, yeah. that's still pretty impressive that's a lot of traveling <laughs> Um, well then, um, I guess this is interesting cause I've heard a lot of like of the stories kind of in pieces, but mm-hmm. never as a whole. So you grew up, um, in Canada, Vancouver, yeah. but then, um, you also have mentioned that you were in India. How did that fit into this? Yeah. Um, so my parents were really into yoga and in, um, around, I think it was 2004, what? Wait, 2004, yeah. Um, I was 13 years old, and um, my, at the time, my mom's husband, um, he, I, I ended up going to high school in a big public school, and, like, I was 13 at the time, yeah. So he, it was, like, a mess, and I was really spoiled, and I was really, like, all over the place, and I just thought I was, like, the center of everything. Um, and my dad was like, we need to take her to India. <laughs> So, uh, at 13 years old, my stepdad convinced my mom again that it'd be a great idea to go to India, except he told her that we were going for six months and we only made it one month in India, Uh but we were supposed to travel from different ashrams and just see India. So we ended up going to Calcutta, um, I mean, we bought like, like we were like the worst tourists. We <laughs> bought everything like as if we were going to go into the jungle or something. We had like a <laughs> uh, mosquito repellent that would kill us like an elephant. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we ended up going to Calcutta elephant and it was, it was, it was crazy. The first time I went when I was, when I was 13 and it was a huge, huge shock for me, yeah. you know, coming from, from pretty much a very rich country yeah. that has everything and it's clean and beautiful to something where it was like I saw babies dying and goats being killed in front of my face. So did that did that help you as your as your dad or your stepdad wanted like you not to be the center of the world? Did that Definitely. Kind of help you? Well, it was hard because I wanted to stay in India. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was um, at thirteen. I decided I was like, no, I'm staying in this ashram. And I am not going back to America. It's full of illusions and fakeness and, you know, mm-hmm. Paris Hilton's and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And I want to be here. I know. And my stepdad almost agreed to leave me there. <laughs> <laughs> my parents were really extreme. Uh, but um, in the last moment, he was like, maybe this isn't a good idea. <laughs> leave the 13-year-old in it. Yeah. But I ended up going again by myself um, at 16. I went to a American um, school in north of India, and I stayed there for three years. Wow. But it was different than the first time because it was a different part of India, and, um, yeah, it was a bit different. Um, the first time was really special. Yeah. Was it, was that, your, that was your first experience really out of... Um, north of... Well, you, you, and you, you were in Europe as well. Yeah, yeah. So Asia, let's say. It was my first time of Asia. Yeah. 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 And that's definitely a different 
culture for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's really got its pluses and it's really got like everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely gave me, um, it was how sheltered we are Yeah, in North America or Europe, I guess, and how blessed we are. Um, but also how we're also so unhappy with so much that we have, you know? Yeah, that's so, true. It did give me a big perspective. It was just hard coming back to that. And oh, then yeah. being like, what do I do with this now? Yeah. Yeah. And I think at that age, um, you said you were around 13 the first time you yeah. went. That's a... It's a hard time. It's a hard time anyway. And yeah. then when you have something that feels like it changed you so much, yeah. then to try to like... Fit that back into apply, the box. Apply that to your 13-year-old life is, is pretty uh, difficult. So then what happened in the in the years between that? Was it just kind of back to school and yeah. back to being... Uh, I went to an art school. Center. So I changed schools okay. from a public school that had way too many kids in it. I think I had like about 2,000 kids. In oh, this, wow. And it, we were just like masses of rivers, like nobody talked to each other. And then I said to my parents, like, I need to go to a different school because I'm just going to, I'm going to drown, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so they were like, all right. So they put me in an art school, which, okay, I don't know if it was any better because <laughs> then you're just stuck with a bunch of, I mean, it was fine. It was good. I got to say it was good. Um, but <clears throat> I guess it was still that time, you know, between 13 and 15. Yeah. You're going through puberty and you don't know who you are. So it was a hard time. Um, mm-hmm. And then I quit high school at um, 15. I was in grade 11 when I, I said, I can't keep doing this because, I mean, it was a lot of drugs and alcohol and stuff that I wasn't really into. And I just felt like I was getting sucked into that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, there's got to be a different way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, my mom, she was, like I said, pretty liberal. She's like, you can take a year off. But you've got to do something. So she made me do a yoga yoga teacher training course mm-hmm. at that time. And um, during that time, I found this American Indi- Indian school in North of India. And I was like, all right, I want to go to that. You know? Uh-huh. And my mom's like, God, you know, uh-huh. like, what have I done? <laughs> Oops. Did I make a bad decision? Um, but it was really good. It was really good because I guess at that school in India, it was pretty strict. Mm-hmm. And um, we had a lot of yoga and we kind of just, you know, we we're kids again. Mm-hmm. Or I feel like in, in Canada or whatever in America, kids grow up really fast mm-hmm. and they don't really have a choice. There's yeah. that pure pressure, you know? Yeah. Either join the group or, or, or yeah. just be a loner. Yeah. And that's pretty tough at yeah. that age for sure. So, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So uh, it seems like you made a lot of um, decisions on your own like you were pretty uh aware i guess a teenager uh there were moments which i was like not aware like i said <laughs> between 13 and 15 was a really bad time it was, uh, your it was unaware, kind of just like unaware time reacting okay you know yeah but um i guess i don't know how to say this like if it's you know something sometimes it's if it's like something you find or art or religion or whatever you do sometimes when you have or yoga for me it was yoga it helps you if you focus on something it gets you through hard times mm-hmm. you know and thank god i mm-hmm. had something to hold on to because it helped me to make those aware decisions yeah you know like i saw something beyond where i was yeah beyond high school yeah exactly which yeah. people sometimes don't know that there is something beyond high school yeah that's true you know <laughs> it is true um well when and then when you went to india yeah um what were some of your favorite memories or I guess what, what did you feel really changed you being there um, besides being able to kind of be a kid again? And Well, yeah. Um, well, the thing is we had, it was pretty much like a military school. 
It was run by this Sikh guy that was like in the military before. So he had a kind of, and it works for me. Yeah. Cause I like discipline. Like I need it. Especially at that time I was like, this is what I need. I need to go running. I need to have a schedule. You know, I kind of mm-hmm. needed that to keep myself busy. But um, some of the fun things were like um, we got to go and there's this call, a place called the Golden Temple. It's in, um, it's in uh, Amritsar. And there's a tradition, a Sikh tradition that you wake up at three in the morning and you go and wash the floors there with mm-hmm. water. And it's like a, it's kind of like just, it's like a, I don't know, they just consider it as something kind of spiritual. So the school used to go on Saturdays and we used to get up at three in the morning and we used to wash these floors. I know it sounds insane, but you know, it was just something special, so different from what I was used to in in Canada. And it was like experiencing another religion. It was, it wasn't my religion, but it was something that I was like, wow, this is a special. This is their special moment. And I thought that was yeah. interesting. Wow. Um, also, we studied music, Indian classical music, which I ended up after finishing high school. I ended up staying and learning for two years. Um, but I had never, I never had a voice. So as as much as I practice, as, as much as, you know, I... It wasn't really my thing. Yeah. <laughs> Darn it. I was hoping you could maybe sing no. some Indian classical music. Every time I sing, my, my fiance is like, please just stop. <laughs> He's like, really? You're talented in other ways, but not in this. <laughs> please don't do this. <laughs> my ears are bleeding. <laughs> oh, no. That's yeah. funny. So you, that you studied, uh, did you play any instruments or anything? Yeah, a little thing called a harmonium. It's like oh. a little piano that you pump air into from the back. Okay. And then they have this thing like a scale and it's really complicated because it's a lot of, they have, um, for different times of the day, they have different music and you have to know, and they're like cousins, mothers, sisters, like each song goes into another family. It's crazy. Oh, it's man. like a science of its own. Can you get in trouble for playing the wrong instrument at the wrong time of day or like no, but it just, judged? <laughs> maybe they probably would judge you. No, I'm joking. But the thing is, I think it's more of, for them, it's like, um, how can you say like you don't drink coffee at night? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, some people do. Yeah. But you kind of drink coffee more in the morning and you don't eat certain things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I think that's it. That, that, and it change for them like that music changes your mind. So in the evening, your mind is more like in tune to that song. Oh, uh, okay. It's like a science. Oh, that's interesting. But, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So um, you were in India then three years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, altogether about three. I used to go back during the summer. Thank God. It was so hot. Um, but I went to Europe or I went to America. I worked to make okay. money. Um, my parents, thank God, they did send me money so I could pr- practice music. But I did work. Yeah. You know? And then you said that you, I remember that you had an aunt in New York and that's yeah. where you'd also go and stay with her. That was later. Oh, okay. After India, I went back to Canada because I got my passport stolen and I ended up not being able to go to India the year that I wanted. Oh no. Go. But it was, it was a blessing in disguise. You know, sometimes yeah. you don't know, but things do happen for a reason. <laughs> yes. And I ended up having, to, cause you know, India was kind of an escape for me. Yeah. And so you had to go back to Canada. I had to go to like real life and be like, I need to get a job. (laughs) (laughs) I can't just live in India (laughs) forever and and sing. I could, but I don't know. Yeah, that's true. But so I ended up going to Canada for a year and I worked in a bakery and it was hard. Yeah. It was a reality. And then I planted trees after (laughs) in the mountains of Canada with grizzly bears. Oh man. And helicopters. (laughs) Wait, were the helicopters in the... 
or were the grizzly bears in the helicopters? Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> like come in and they're like, come on, I'll take you to your job. And they're like, I don't know. Have you eaten Bear today? helicopter pilots. <laughs> no. Oh, sounds interesting for sure. Yeah. Oh man. So you went from kind of a more relaxed lifestyle to uh, a work work environment especially being a baker that's pretty intense i wasn't a baker i was just selling the stuff that was intense because i had to work in customer service and man people are so specific and they get mad oh man. when you don't have the bread they want yeah and the coffee because like that's another thing like i gotta say people are crazy when it comes to their coffee <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah. it was from pretty much studying 10 hours a day music just singing all day <laughs> to going to canada and being like would you like uh, your bread sliced you know like yeah. it was uh, completely two different worlds yeah oh, and with that like i mean obviously that's a uh, that can be a huge culture shock were you pretty angry i was at- depressed yeah I was depressed. I was definitely depressed. I was like, first of all, like, I feel empty. Like, I had no, I guess music was in a way like a spiritual life for me. And I felt connected to something bigger Mm -hmm. than myself. And then I was in a bakery selling in the, like, a really well-off area in Vancouver selling, you know, bread. And just, like, listening to people being like, I don't like my bread sliced like that. I'm like, lady, please, there's people dying in India. And you're complaining about the raisins in your bread. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it was hard. But thank God after I found that tree job, you know, <laughs> and I just like that was the best. It was really dangerous. and But it was so much better than talking to people about the raisins in their bread. Yeah. Dealing with trees is uh, sometimes I can imagine yeah. uh, much easier than people. It did give me a bit because like um, tree planting is hard, but it does give you quite a bit of an income quite fast. Mm-hmm. And it gave me a possibility to move out of Vancouver and travel again. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I do it in life. I try to find <laughs> a job that gives me enough income so I can travel again. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and that's what happened. I was able to go to New York, like I said to you. Um, and then I moved um, to Europe and pretty much stayed in Europe from then on. I did go to New York one more time mm-hmm. after that, but so far I've been on this side of the yeah. world. How long did you live in New York then? Um, at one point I lived about like five months, six okay. months. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you, and then you moved over to Europe and when, did, where did you end up in Europe when you um, first moved back? Uh, oh, I, I did go to Australia. Sorry. Oh, right. Um, but there's, there's that other one, <laughs> but, um, I pretty much moved to Poland. Okay. And then I lived in the Czech Republic for a year cause I went to school there as well. I, uh-huh. I decided to do film. I really like the arts, but you know, they don't pay a lot. Yeah. They don't help with traveling unless you're re- like, <laughs> like famous. Unless I'm like, yeah, doing a film. No. But um, yeah, so I did go to the Czech Republic for a year and that was fun. But pretty much I've been in Poland. I was in Poland and that was hard as well because it's cold here sometimes. <laughs> and I had, the thing is I grew up in, in, in Canada and I spoke Polish, but it wasn't up to, you know, it wasn't like very, very good Polish. Mm-hmm. So when I came here, my Polish was decent but not awesome. So they took me some time to properly learn it. Yeah. And it was a culture shock again. <laughs> because From Europe being... is really different than North America and it is different than um, Asia as well, you yeah. know? Oh, yes. <laughs> so it was again like, oh man, like I have to get used to small cars and people drive like idiot, uh, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they can be idiots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, so it was really like, oh, what am I doing here? You know? But yeah. I didn't want to be in Canada, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I had to kind of 
I had to figure it out and it always takes time, you know, to yeah. grow new roots and Yeah, for sure. And were you what city in um Poland did you were you in most of the time? I lived in Warsaw for some time. Oh. Yeah, and Wrocław because my grandma's here and then my parents um they found like my mom found a um house in the mountains in the south of um, Poland and she's pretty much been here because she came back yeah as well oh, okay because she was there in Canada for about 25 years and then she decided to move back mm-hmm. so she it was nice because my family was all on this side then yeah yeah it's a lot cheaper yeah <laughs> <laughs> flying back and forth so she was in the south and I was in Warsaw and I really really didn't I'm not a city person yeah you know I just was dying were you there for the just because of the arts I had an no it was my um my mom had a friend who had an apartment and she did rent it to me for a good price. Okay. And I wanted to live on my own. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can try this. And I was there in the winter. <laughs> it was really, I mean, it was like a, it was like Siberia. It was like another boot camp. It was a camp. cold winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty tough in the winter as, as you've already seen coming from the South of France too. Yeah, it's <laughs> Poland. Shocking. Like, okay, uh, what, three days, two days ago? Yeah. Two days ago. Yeah. Dharma didn't believe me. I told her before she came that it was cold. Yeah. And then she landed and it was cold. Well, it's just been like now a year and the coldest it's gotten in the south of France has been about 15 degrees That's... in the year that I've been there. Well, I've been there five years now. So generally it's like the coldest really I'll get is like 10 degrees and that's what's winds. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, can't be colder than like 10 degrees, you know? And then I came and it was like, I don't know. Yes. Last night it was three degrees. Yeah. It was, it was cold. And uh, yeah, so it was, it's, it's a shock. Yeah. It's been a shock for me too. I, I don't think I was ready for this fall. And everyone's like, oh, are you going to post pretty pictures? And it seems like this year, everything just kind of froze. Was, yeah. It's just falling off the trees, <laughs> just brown and sad. I'm like, but wait, no. Okay. No. Okay. There's not even any pretty pictures of fall leaves. I just, it's just brown and, and stuff. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get some um, pretty days here. And, and I guess it's, you're going to be heading up to your mom's pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, on the 11th. So in like three days. Yeah. And then that way you'll, that's a pretty area. So yeah, it's just, you know, nature. Yeah. yeah. Anytime you're like in the city, you're like, what am I doing here? Like, this is so expensive. Like, this is great. What, what, I guess I'll shop. You know? Yeah. I guess I'll go inside somewhere. <laughs> I'll go get a coffee. But like in the mountains or in the forest, you're just like, I guess I'll go for a walk, you know? And yeah. I, I feel like in nature, you really, you don't need so much. Mm-hmm. So, well, I guess, um, looking back on all of your travels, how do you think that all affected you or, you know, I mean, do you, do you look at it and have appreciative or, you know, do you wish you had done things differently or your parents had done things differently? Um, sometimes I'm like, oh God, that was like so much work, you know, I've been pretty much traveling since I was born, but like really traveling since I was like 13, like nonstop. Yeah. Um, and definitely after the, after 16, when I went to India, it's been really nonstop. Like sometimes I went, I flew like three times, four times, you know, five mm-hmm. times a year, just like in the, six times sometimes, uh, and moving. But um, some of the stuff that I appreciated was that, um, I guess I have my own opinion about places. Like sometimes you'll read a magazine and you'll be like, wow, that's so pretty, you know? And, uh, or that's interesting. Or there's, for example, we were in Thailand, um, I think it was like two years ago and, um, there was a coup, you know, like the country was totally, um, you know, 
shut down and we were there and i was watching the news and there was like panic and people were like and what will happen next you know mm-hmm. and then i was like nothing's happening you know <laughs> like we still like it you get information different differently than when you're ex- living there or experiencing it and mm-hmm. when you talk to people and you see what's really happening in that area mm-hmm. so i feel so blessed for that that i can have kind of a perspective mm-hmm. you know because um it kind of stops people from being narrow-minded you yeah. know no i do wish i kind of went to university and got uh, maybe an education sometimes because it could have helped but i don't know sometimes i feel like life like this could have been it is it's not a bad education as well you know mm-hmm. it's a little different it's not you know mainstream mm-hmm. and it's it, it's sometimes hard you yeah. know yeah you have to work a little harder yeah sometimes you just it. gotta let go of what you think it should be like <laughs> you know yeah yeah for sure well, and it seems like um, even you, when I met you two years ago, you were in Poland again, mm. and then your fiance Ralph came mm. over, and then we were here for a little while, and then and now you guys are both in France. Uh, but it seems like you're pretty happy there. Would you say you like it there? Or? Yeah, it took me a long time. Like with everything, it was like at first when I went to France. The first time I went to France, I was uh, fifteen. Um. It was for a yoga festival as well. And um, I was like, this place is insane. We couldn't get, like, gas because it was Sunday and we didn't have the right card. And then nobody wanted to talk to us because we didn't speak French. And then, you know, everything was closed and we couldn't get food. And then when we finally did get, like, you know, get food, like, uh, everything closed an hour later. Like, it was insane. I was like, how does this country even function? Mm -hmm. You know, like, coming from a place where everything's open 24-7. And the language, well, the thing is, I really found, I love French, but um, I found that the French at the time were like very like, I do not want to speak English if you want to speak, speak French, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first I thought it was just like the worst place ever. I was like, this place is horrible. But um, I went to, you know, I, I went to study a bit of French at a university and then it took me some time and it took me five years. Yeah. yeah. Like really looking at it i can't say it took me a year or two Mm -hmm. but now living there i understand the french you know in a way where yeah why should they speak english yeah they are in their country and it's wonderful they have sundays off you know Mm -hmm. and it's nice they take two hour um, lunch breaks and they get to spend time with their family you know yeah maybe it's not so customer you know um driven driven Mm -hmm. but it is more human driven you know Mm -hmm. and I think that's the thing. Like, you have to realize that not everywhere is going to be like Canada or America or, you know, like every place has its own special tradition. Yeah. And you have to respect that. Yeah, that's true. And when I speak French now, I still speak badly. <laughs> but, you know, they kind of are more like, okay, she tries. Yeah. You know, I don't go up and say hi. I say, you know, like, yeah. I'm not American or Canadian like that. Like, I used to be like that. I'd be like, hey, could you? And they'd be looking at me like, at least say bonjour, or, you yeah. know. Yeah. Try. Try to speak our language. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Man, when I was in France, it was definitely, it wasn't very long, but it was definitely a culture shock too. Because I was just like, this is a very different culture. Definitely. <laughs> you know, and you think, 
I don't know. You you kind of start to lump a lot of countries together, I think. Your mind's um, like trying to, you know, yeah, put them in somewhere. Yeah, and then categorize. all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, no, this is not like Nothing what like I, this. <laughs> it's not what I expected. It's like, it, because also in Poland, I find that I'll, we used to be a little bit more like that. Um, like there was Sundays off, for example, mm-hmm. everything was closed. And I think in a way Poland is becoming more like... Um, I guess like more Americanized or mm-hmm. uh, North Americanized because yeah. you can't really say that yet. Like a Western. Westernized. Yeah. Um, but is it a good thing? I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, it's just we're used to it. I think one of the biggest things that I have, um, I think we just need to respect other people's culture, decisions and religions and really try to, we are so, there's so many different traditions you mm-hmm. know in this on this planet mm-hmm. and we just can't make one big tradition like you know what i mean like yeah. we gotta really try to understand people yeah for sure and that's one of the things when i traveled i was like okay and historically like what happened in that country why are they reacting like exactly this? you know mm-hmm. why do they like when we were, we were in Sri lanka last year we went for a vacation and they were a little put off by the British, you know. They didn't really like British people. Uh-huh. I mean, they didn't hate them, but they were like, nah, you know. And my, my, my fiancé is British. And I did most of the talking. And he had to actually pretend he was French, uh-huh. you know. And they treated him differently, you know. And it's not, you know, he just was like, yeah, I'd rather just speak French because, you know, the history in Sri Lanka with them doing, you know, the English came in. They did tea factories pretty much. Yeah. So you have to realize that it's the same thing in Poland, you know. Yeah. Why do people react the way with, you know, it's not, it's just historically it changes people. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't just leave because the grandparents talk about it mm-hmm. and it's kind of from generation to generation to generation. Yeah. It's built into the culture. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. So there's a lot of compassion you have to have and kind of. Yeah. That's true. So is that the advice that you would give somebody? Pretend to traveling? be somebody else. <laughs> Pretend you're French. <laughs> <laughs> well, just be aware of like if there was a historical problem, you know, yeah. just I'm I'm always aware of because grow, like my grandparents are Polish and they, you know, and we grew up with a, quite an intense history. I think sometimes you have to be aware that it might trigger something. Mm-hmm. No. If you're going to India... I don't, um, I don't know, even dress code. You know what I mean? Like you just need to be aware of where you are Mm -hmm. and respect that place, you know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, It's just for your safety (laughs) and your comfort. (laughs) Yeah. And even just to show them the respect. Exactly. Exactly. um, Like in Sri Lanka, like every, they always say, sir and madam, like, yeah, always. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to say sir and madam to them. Yeah. And uh, I remember I was asking uh, one of the taxi drivers, I was like, sir, where are we going? He's like, madam, this is the first time somebody said sir to me. Thank you so much. And I was like, you're welcome, sir. (laughs) You know, and it was because they were used to it. Yeah. Um, Mm. And they say it out of respect to maybe foreigners. Yeah. But why not say it to them? Mm-hmm. No, that's interesting. Huh. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Sir, well, I'm going to start saying that to people here and see how that'll go in Poland. <laughs> Sir, where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I say it's still now. It's so weird because, like, my English has changed over the years of yeah. traveling. Because 
I, you know, like in Canada, you say, hey, you or whatever. I like, you know, there's no sir or ma'am or anything yeah, like that. It's all... But now when I'm when I'm working in France and I have English people or whatever as tourists, I always say, uh, sir, can I serve you something or would you like something? Mm. Like, it's just so weird. I don't even think about it. Yeah. You know? but, you become more polite after all these years. <laughs> uh, maybe. Or just, I don't know, just aware of um, that there might be a difference in age. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not in well, the English language. But. Yeah, that's what I think it was so uh, surprising to me. A friend pointed that out about languages and how that shows so much of a culture and how like um i think it was really interesting to see that like because uh, in poland there's um you know there's a way of discuss talking to people who you don't know or who yeah. are older and it's a whole different i mean that was has been really hard for me to yeah. remember or to like uh you know you have to there's a whole different way of speaking to somebody who's older or, or stranger stranger yeah. and then um it's changing uh, to some degree i yeah. think in shops and stuff but still with older people you would say uh, pan pani, yep. but um, I was talking to a friend, and they were saying how in the English language, like we don't have obviously we used to, but yep. we don't anymore. Yep. And then it's just you yep. and yep. me, and, and then also how um, it when you talk about yourself, it's capitalized, yeah. And like in writing, you know, like yep. I did yep. this, but then nothing else is capitalized. And right. then like in Polish, every other, like another person is capitalized and you don't capitalize yourself. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So like I wouldn't, I wouldn't put, you know, my like pronoun for me, yeah. like it's not capitalized, you know, and, but you, to, out of respect, you capitalize the other person. person. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting, mm. you know, and, and we are such an individualistic culture in the, in, in the States. Or, it's the and same thing in, in France, though. Like, they have, like, uh, I think in German as well, but they have this thing where it's, like, if you're talking about somebody, well, I don't know about capitalizing, but when they're talking about somebody that you do not know, or they're older, you always say vous, you know, like mm -hmm. vous. Um, and it's funny because, like, I just call everyone vous because I don't know, I don't want to offend anybody. And even if yeah. I've seen them, like, 17 times, I'm still, like, vous. <laughs> and they, they get upset. They're like, could you please stop saying that? I'm, you know, you can say too or whatever. And I'm like, I just don't know. Like, yeah. when do you start saying? When am I allowed yeah. to switch? And, like, some people, I'll never say that too. You yeah. know, especially older people or something. Yeah, well, and that's even, it's it's a hard, yeah, it's hard for me to remember because you kind of get some pat things down of how you ask, oh, how are you doing? Exactly. Or, What's going on? Like, building sentences with... Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, I'll avoid situations, yeah. like even with our neighbor to, I don't want to run into her because I'm like, how do I ask her how she's doing nicely? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, how am I supposed to be super polite and, yeah. and say like, what did you do today? I don't know. I, I need to go back and practice. And, um, yeah, but it's, it's definitely, uh, uh really interesting to study languages and, and realize like how that it's even true. affects uh, but you cultures. know i feel like in english like the new english it is not a bad thing either you know because in a way you're just like oh my god these like regulations these like you know this class because you, really it's all about about classes as well like uh, once i was t saying ralph well like why don't we say sir and madam in english you know he's like well but it used to be like a colonizing mm -hmm. thing you know and we didn't we stepped away from that and i think europe is still in a way kind of old-fashioned you know mm -hmm. it's not about colonizing but it is about status you know yeah. and castes in a subtle way mm -hmm. you know and i guess older people and you know yeah. have a different status than you know i don't know yeah. maybe yeah. i'm talking stuff but you know i just think that it is nice in a way like there's a lot less restrictions in the english language yeah well and i think it's kind of nice too because if you um 
are saying like I mean there's a way to be polite you know you can say oh excuse me ma'am yeah you know you just sound like you're from the south yeah hey ma'am <laughs> I say that yeah you know? and I'm like you know ma'am and we're else like you sound like you're from the south <laughs> <laughs> that's funny sir yeah or and then you get in trouble for calling someone ma'am and they're yeah. like I'm not that old yeah. <laughs> you know like really old people it's almost offensive to say I'll be like okay uh, mademoiselle oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go yeah that'll be even more oh, offensive yeah <laughs> make everyone upset um yeah it's definitely interesting well that's interesting that you I don't know it sounds like you're very well traveled and you no i'm not like so well traveled but i don't know every time we, you start a new sentence you're all when i was in sri lanka when i was in australia you know, when i was in thailand when i was in, yeah i know keep it sounds going. so silly but you know the thing is like i feel like i don't even like now i've come to a point in my life where i'm like oh god i gotta get on this plane and i just want to throw up you know yeah so i hate planes and life is like making me travel, you know, even though I don't want to. And it, yeah. it's the same thing with Sri Lanka. I was like, I'm not getting, like, I'm not leaving friends. Like, I'm not leaving friends. And Ralph's like, I'm so bored. Let's go to Sri Lanka. And I was like, no. And he's like, come on. And I'm like, okay, I just need to just stop controlling. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll just be like, fine, I'll go. Yeah. So it's just sometimes I think that's the thing. Like, I just say yes. Yeah. Like, um, say yes more. Say yes more. It's mm. a, like, I think it's um, even though you don't want to and you hate traveling. Yeah. Well, and I think that you've kind of, as you were saying, you've, you've created this life. Um, it's kind of forcing you to travel in a way. I mean, you, you, you have a life that's spread out over so many continents and people and, and mm. connections and, and even the work you're doing now here in Poland, uh, with your mom, mm. you know, you have to come to travel to get over here. And yeah, uh, it seems like it kind of forces you to travel just to, to stay in contact with people unless like you move and yeah. to the woods somewhere and settle in. It and gets really lonely. I actually have kind of, I mean, I do not like traveling, but I do have this thing, like, after a while, I'm like, I need to, you know, have you seen the movie Chocolat? I have not. Oh, there was this thing where, you know, every time the wind blew, they're like, we need to move. <laughs> and I have that. I'm like, the wind's blowing. I've got to move. <laughs> Uh-oh. And doesn't it blow a lot in the south it of France? It blows <laughs> a lot. But I like it there. Okay. I found uh, I found it that, you know, there's, they do have quite, like, where I live, it's like they've got the mountains, they've got the sea, and then they've got the sun. Mm-hmm. And they've got the snow in the winter. So, you know, I've got mm-hmm. it pretty made. So. And they have they have croissants. Yeah, they have croissants. They don't have pierogies, which man, I miss. And I do make them sometimes. Oh, see, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, uh, vegan pierogies, right? Yeah, hey, yeah, um, with cabbage when yeah. I find it. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy that you have to find it. You should take your, a suitcase home full of. It's only once a year they have cabbage. it. Oh man, it's like in the fall. They do have chestnuts, though. That's amazing. Oh, that's pretty good. And certain mushrooms. And- <sighs> Yeah, I can't even imagine. I, I, I don't know. There is a lot of cabbage here in Poland. And I know they I know. make jokes about it. And I don't eat that much. But it's crazy Thank when God. you see, like, in the store, it's like the size of, like, like two human heads. Yeah. And I'm like, who's going to buy that? Like you, My grandma. <laughs> she <laughs> yeah. was like, I made, um, what is that thing they make? Um, Bigos? Bigos. Yeah. I'm like, great. Forever. It's like four days of eating cabbage. <laughs> That it took four days to cook just exactly. slowly, slowly together. <laughs> cabbaging it together. Oh, because it's a mix of fresh cabbage with sauerkraut. Yeah. So it's a com- combination of two different, like it's like alchemy of cabbage. <laughs> it's like, it's a, it's a, yeah, the ultimate cabbage meal. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I don't think you eat anywhere in the world as much cabbage as Polish people yeah, eat. They Maybe do. in well, you know, in the in the north of France they eat cabbage and in Germany. So yeah. I think the more oh, yeah. north you go, well, you know, I guess it grows and and, and then yeah. yeah, and then in England they just don't eat cabbage. I don't think yeah. as much. Probably not. Just when they, you know, the Vikings didn't bring them. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They didn't take that with them. Yeah, although it would have held up on the boats. I think. Yeah, you that's know, true. It could have been a good idea. That's a- Oh man, yeah. So I I don't know if they sell it in small amounts. Sometimes I'll get it, but I think I bought sauerkraut the other day and it just sat. I ate some and then I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I hit my limit. You know the thing is, like they used to make really good barrel sauerkraut, Mm. and nowadays they kind of use like really fast um, agents. Like Mm -hmm. so, it's not as good as they used to make them. Back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Like I know. (laughs) Well, you're experienced. (laughs) When I was a kid. (laughs) No, but I've heard that it used to be better. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, yeah. Well, your grandma would know. She would know. (laughs) She's, um, man, she's got some funny stories. Yep. Yeah. We, um, I got to meet her grandma yesterday, no, the day before, but it was pretty entertaining and she had a lot of great stories. I just wish that, um, every, uh, audio clip that I had to hear when I was in uh, school for Polish was read by your grandma because it was like perfectly like it was slow enough. I was yeah. like, I understand everything this woman is saying. <laughs> yeah, except she's saying it for like two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dharma was pretty upset. She was like, and I was, yeah, <laughs> like trying oh, to finish her grandma's story. I've heard them a lot. And then her grandma just And she says them in the same way. She's like, there was a train. No, it wasn't a train. It was a bus. And the bus went to that street. No, it wasn't that street. It was another street. I'm like, grandma. And then you try to butt in. You're like, but I... And and then she'll just restart. She starts again. And you're like, oh. It was pretty... It was amazing. (laughs) There's a picture, actually, and I'll probably post it under this um, uh, on the show notes of Alex, my dog, uh, at her grandma's house. And camouflage. Yeah. Because he's brown and black and her whole house was brown. And black. And it was just, I've never, it was just really brown. And it was so, she's, I don't know, you know, I did this once. I, when I was in India, I decided I, we had to make our own bedrooms for school. Um, and that year, I don't know what got into me, but I decided to make it pink. And we got pink carpets. We got pink. Uh, yeah, I don't even like pink. I got pink curtains, uh, pink. It was like going into like Barbie hell. Like, like Pepto-Bismol just threw up all over. Exactly. And my grandma's, it was kind of the same, you know, it was like. Yeah. Just brown. Cookie dough. Yeah. It was everywhere. And she was brown and she was wearing brown (laughs) and she was wearing brown pants. And I was like, and Alex disappeared and we didn't know where he was for a couple of You just see little eyes just out of the carpet somewhere. (laughs) Because if you didn't blink, they blended with the carpet. Yeah. Luckily he had his red collar on. That was kind of through through. it out. It was a little bit of a a (laughs) contrast that was helpful. But yeah, it was pretty impressive. Well, thank you so much for being on today and sharing a little bit about your life. Um, and I guess it sounds like you're settled in France for a little while. God knows. I might not be there tomorrow. <laughs> well, not tomorrow. You won't be. No, that's true. No, but yeah, I think it's okay for now. Yeah. You just go with it. Yeah. Till the wind blows. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I'm excited to come visit yes. there because, uh, I don't, I think I'll need a break from this Polish You need to cold. come. <laughs> I can't wait till you come. Yeah. It'll be pretty fun. So, um, yeah, Thank since you, you so much. yeah, you gave out your good advice and, um, you can like the podcast on iTunes and write a review. That would be awesome so that people can find out about it and uh, subscribe. And also you can subscribe on SoundCloud or, or find out all the information at thatinternationallife.com. 
and also mm, you can email me at rachel at that international life.com with some of your travel stories or if you have questions for dharma you know like a great <laughs> i can tell you anything about cabbage and yeah and she can tell you about what to um yeah, what to what sort of cultural things to watch out for in which country? <laughs> Don't chew gum in Singapore. There you go. See, see if you need more things like that, and you wondered, has Dharma been to this country? <laughs> Just email me, and I'll make sure that she can you know answer and get back to you. So it'll be great. Maybe we'll we'll if it if it takes off, I'll I'll start another section called like or it's like Dharma at that international life dot com. <laughs> Ask Dharma, and it'll just be a you know a whole other segment we can we can have, which thanks. which could be useful. So, yeah. um, yes. So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>